Hello, and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today, after a touch of Mozart, I will be speaking about advanced healing in today's world. We may be getting joined by a very special gentleman, a physician from India, Dr. Patrick San Francisco, who is the co-founder of the Samarpan Foundation and the Light Movement, who's doing extraordinary work all over India and now also in the United States. He's also an inventor as well as a healer and is doing much through his foundation with his lovely wife uh, for uh, refugees in Nepal from the latest series, ongoing series of earthquakes. In fact, that are continuing to go on day by day, certainly week by week, long after they are no longer in the international media spotlight. Most people don't realize that, but Patrick and his wife and many of uh, the other members of the Marpan uh, organization are there, hands-on, helping to build up and build out some new, rather earthquake-resistant types of structures using a unique uh, model of plastic bottles filled with, I believe, sand, surrounded by cement. Very interesting innovation that Dr. San Francisco uh, innovated. And uh, before you know it, uh, there are earthquakes taking place as they're building, and some of which structures are already completed, and they are withstanding some 5.6 on the Richter scale earthquakes and tremors and the like. So it's like a a real-world test, real-time test. So I know they are in transit, and if he is able to call in, I just got off the phone with him, he will do so, but they have our trouble having trouble with connectivity, which is perhaps the main problem in the world today. Connectivity, interconnectivity between us and between our Earth, I would say that would probably be among the very top problems we are facing, even though they are called by so many other different names. Today, as the uh, title of the show, A Better World, uh, Mitchell Rabin of A Better World on Advanced Healing in Today's World. Yes, I want to talk about and walk us through first kind of a, a larger world picture, looking at first the macro level of our lives, and then zero in, coming in step by step from above, so to speak, into below, that is, on earth, on the ground, where the rubber meets the ground, and we can talk about some of the awesome things that are going on. Those of you who listen uh, regularly know that just last week was a show on scalar wave healing, which is having profound effects on thousands upon thousands of people across the country and beyond, people who are tuning in to this kind of um, latter-day brilliant innovations happening in the domain of 
vibrational light and energy medicine. So it's with that said that I want to kind of first take a step back and see what what we can um, come to in our understanding. So just to say that When we look at the larger picture of the earth, we see this incredibly beautiful blue-green pearl. Just as Dr. Edgar Mitchell, astronaut, one of the first men to walk on the moon, uh, said upon seeing the earth from space. And it was enough to not only bring tears to his eyes and a beautiful broad smile, but it opened up his heart and mind in such a way that when he returned to Earth, he committed to the exploration of the interface of science and mysticism, science and parapsychology, science and the farther reaches, the larger scope of the human mind and the human brain slash nervous system. And that took form as the Institute for Noetic Sciences. As you know, I have covered the Institute, its conference that took place this last July in Chicago. I had a number of people on, including its president, Cassandra Viten, uh, along with Barbara Marks Hubbard and others to talk about uh, the far-reaching work implications of this sort of inquiry. So it's beautiful, it's brilliant, it continues. Well, when Edgar came back and reported to us here on Earth what it looked like and what it felt like to observe, we all had a feeling inside ourselves through listening that there was so much potential that we have as human beings, I'm going to hesitate to say the pinnacle of intelligence on planet Earth, but I will at least say a very high level of intelligence may be approaching that of the dolphins and the whales. I don't know. But suffice it to say, human beings, have been gifted with an extraordinary and beautiful creative intelligence and it's for it's up to us to use if we continue just to use that part of the brain that is committed to earning energy in the form of money exclusively and at the expense of every other human value and point of integrity we are really committed more to the activation of the lower brain, let's call it the reptilian brain, than we are our higher potentials. And unfortunately, that's the world we have today, not among everybody, thankfully, not at all. In fact, I would even say the majority of people are really very happy to live lives of love, of connectedness, of well-being, of happiness, 
of laughter, of cultural expression, musical, theatrical, dance, cultural, across the board, than they are toward the acquisition of material effects or this other rather abstract thing called money, even though it can be very useful and it's not a bad thing in itself. It's an incredibly powerful thing in itself. But it seems to have had an influence on the human psyche and individually and culturally in such a way as it skews everything else, especially human values, priorities, and proportion. Common sense. As a result, there are numerous highly advanced, you could almost say Star Trekian style uh, technologies, medical, or I like the phrase better, healing technologies, uh, that can be administered to literally millions and billions of people at once. And these, because of the said monetary, material, financial questions and preoccupations, isn't reaching the people it needs to reach. These other healing, highly advanced, Star Trekian style technologies because there's a lock on uh, business as usual which is a biochemical pharmaceutical grade type of approach to the word healing is never used to treatment and even curiously the word cure isn't even used any longer not with any kind of regularity so when you put these together, you see that we have a world that could be operating on a kind of a 4.0 level, but instead is still working in dust. And for those of us with, uh, who are familiar with the higher level potentials and proven uh, track records, it is heartbreaking and disheartening to see the real landscape of health and healing and well-being, psychological, physical, emotional, and spiritual on this planet. Uh, there are also other material, biochemical, nutritional approaches that we, if used would transform people's health and well-being. In short, there are rather simple, very cost-effective ways. No, they're not free. No, things don't exist here for free. As they say, there's no free lunch. But there are ways, as mentioned, of bringing about massive, collective, literally planetary-level healing given the smallest of opportunities to bring that forward unhampered by the local and global politics or economics and the way they govern common sense and govern choices 
that would otherwise, on a human level, be made immediately to bring this kind of newer, interestingly also older type of healing to the foreground instead of it uh, lingering in the background. So that's the uh, kind of the, the platform that I wanted to initially lay out that we understand that there are some interesting peculiarities in the way human beings go about their business. And it's not governed by what's rational. It's not governed even by what's logical. It's certainly not governed by what is heartfelt. It is governed by one or two very primal functions of the nervous system which are not our highest aspects but rather uh, more of a mediocre habituated aspect of continuing on with what we know and continue on defending territory increasing acquisition and controlling the space and Honestly, that is not going to forward the action. That's not going to help us evolve as a species. In fact, it could, even in the name of medicine, act as one of the most serious detriments and demerits against us that could cost us even our species. So on that note, I am going to first play a little Mozart again while I see if I can get our guest on the line. in the present world context. Uh, Just to say that uh, I reached out to uh, Patrick San Francisco and it looks like uh, the connectivity remains poor out on the West Coast on the highway where he is currently. So I will try to uh, reconnect with him later or tomorrow and uh, do a pre-record before he heads back to India. So, it's you and me for our show today. Now, I want to uh, also say 
that we're living in such very special times, and today is a particularly interesting day of all days. Uh, the Pope has arrived, Pope Francis, from uh, from Cuba, actually, and of course before that from the Vatican, and is in the United States, has been at the White House today, and now is uh, giving Mass, and I believe it's tomorrow morning, is addressing Congress, or was that later today? I'm not really positive of that. But I do have dear friends who are uh, invited to Congress and to the Mass, and they will be there, Jackie Miller and Andy Michael, both of whom have been on these airwaves and are the co-founders of Partnerships for Change. Um, I'm on their advisory board. It's a brilliant, real grassroots organization doing wonderful things in the world. So on one hand, we are blessed to have the Pope coming here tomorrow, and uh, it's a very exciting, very exciting thing, because this Pope is like no other Pope during my lifetime. He is a true progressive in so many ways, not always, and it would never have been expected that a pope would be as progressive in as many ways as he is. But I truly want to honor him and thank him for his willingness and courage to speak up and speak out to power and say things as he sees them. Uh, move over, Donald Trump. <laughs> and, uh, but really, with grounded science behind him, the way any great leader should have. And uh, I am so pleased. I was actually watching him come off his airplane today and uh, greet uh, be greeted by President Obama and his wife Michelle and their lovely daughters. And I have to tell you, that was one very emotional moment. Oh, you could feel the energy effervescing from the television. That's how powerful is the human aura. And when the heart moves in front of you, the effect through mirror neurons, that delectable principle, of neuroscience and human biology kicks in and we all end up having the experience that you can feel emanating between the people who are feeling deep love and respect for each other and a consecration, if you will, of the moment. You want to talk about healing? That is profoundly healing. I don't know if any of you got a chance to see that, witness that moment, but it was, for me, historic. Despite any opinions I may have of the various parties to that greeting, uh, has complete, it's completely secondary to the goodwill that was purely pouring from the hearts at hand. <laughs> may I say that? I believe I can. The people there in that interaction, that pure human slash divine dynamic, and that is how I would hold it, uh, is healing on so many levels. 
which I will seek to deconstruct in just a minute. Uh, and the feeling rising up in my chest brought forth tears. I started to cry. I started to cry from joy. It was that touching. Totally by surprise. While watching Amy Goodman's Democracy Now! (laughs) Where she had a clip of the Pope descending from the plane onto the tarmac and reaching out to hold the hands of the Obama family one after the other. I'm getting choked up now just even remembering the uh, the glory of that meeting and the moment. And it's as though these people who have endeavored to be world leaders, no matter what we may think for a moment of some of their policies, uh, at that moment there is something courageous in each of them, committed in each of them, and open in each of them, so that that moment of transcendence of transaction, of human transaction, was an alchemy of spirit. That's how I would put it. It was an alchemy of spirit. And uh, if that image, those, that minute or two of video were to go viral in the world, I think that people, even if they have been hurt, by the governments of either party, quite honestly, could have a moment of of liberation, if you will, from the usual conditions into a state of unconditional love and appreciation, of grace, if you will. Oh, my God. Yes, indeed. Oh, my God. It has to also be said that today is another special day on the other end of the spectrum. Oh, it's so funny to point, counterpoint, speak of the Pope and the meeting of the Obama family with the Pope on New York, I mean, not New York, I'm sorry, on U.S. soil, uh, and the counterbalance of one of the great sages of baseball of all time, one of the great sages of our country of all time, Yogi Berra. It's his body, his soul and spirit ascended, and all of his quips and quotes and jokes and insights have been left to us, thankfully. It's just of all Days at 90 years old, born May 12th, 1925. Do you know what day May 12th is also? Going once, going twice, my birthday. I didn't know that Yogi and I shared that. I am honored, Yogi Berra. I am honored. And, um, it's just it's just a, a precious, precious life this man has had. It's a gift to us all. Not only was he an exceptional catcher for the New York Yankees for many, many years, but also coach and manager. And uh, I feel one of his main gifts 
is as a athlete sage. He is so funny. And he's so brilliant. And like, you know, American koans, his comments just twist the mind. So I want to dedicate this today's show to Yogi Berra and to his honor because he's always been a favorite of mine. Yes, I was born in New York City. Yes, I had a baseball uniform, a Yankees uniform, given to me by my favorite uncle, Uncle Harvey Solomon, back when I was all of five years old. Harvey actually played professional baseball for the Philadelphia Phillies one year before sinking into the schmatza business that so many of our family members in the Raven Solomon and all uh, families, lineages, uh, occupied. Um, and during that time, before he had his own children, his own son, I was, in effect, his son. And when my father wasn't able to uh, spend time with me, Harvey would and took me out and taught me to play baseball and got me a uniform and a cap and a mitt and a ball and a bat, and we'd go into the Forest Hills uh, lots and play ball and, of course, have the hot dogs and sauerkraut afterwards together, too. So it was uh, some of my fondest memories, truly, of my own background, of my own past and early childhood was with Harvey wearing a New York Yankees uniform. I was probably, what, three feet tall? And um, just having at it. And Yogi Berra, of course, was, uh, well, just anyone, any Yankee fan's heroes back then and since. So to Yogi. The next show will be dedicated, though, to the Pope, and uh, or if I can do both double time, I will do that here too because I, my hat really comes off to all that's happening today and in his visit. I feel it's really groundbreaking, it's um, historic, and it's really important on many, many levels. And as Yogi Berra was known to say, it ain't over till it's over. So... That's just one of the many, many wonderful, wonderful comments he has made. So funny. Oh, God, I've got to do it. If you see a fork in a road, take it. <laughs> oh, well, just a, one or two of the brilliant. Now, you want to talk about healing. This is a form of healing that most people don't even hold as healing. But in fact... Uh, it is, and it's one of the oldest forms of healing the planet has ever seen. Uh, in more recent vintage, Norman Cousins, who wrote the book The Anatomy of an Illness, uh, talked about having contracted a rare blood disease when he was making a trip to, uh, at that time, the Soviet Union, and he thinks it had something to do with the air admixture uh, being uh, emitted from the airplane um, on the tarmac, interestingly, uh, when he was going to visit there back in the either late 60s or early 70s, if I recall. And the doctors could do nothing about it. And he, 
locked himself up in his hospital room as the doctors and nurses were coming in, filing in, taking blood, taking samples of, you know, every aspect of his biology. And he was watching watching Charlie Chaplin and the Marx Brothers and any number of wonderful old classic films and laughing his full head off. He ended up living um, and writing a book called the anatomy and the anatomy of an illness in which he describes how laughter and humor saved his life so make no mistake about it that is both ancient and advanced healing folks so let's just remember that that's what we are dealing with this is Mitchell J Rabin for a better world we are on the airwaves here every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And we welcome your listening and know you have so many places you could be tuning into and that you choose a better world and be part of our resonance field, part of our morphogenetic field, our quantum field, is nothing short of just delightful for me and for the rest of our staff and our community. So please know, truly thank you for being part of it through your apt and rapt attention. Uh, Remember that uh, we have a free weekly newsletter available on our site at www.abetterworld.tv, abetterworld.tv. And uh, it goes out to many thousands of people across the planet. And we love that you tune in from everywhere. It's so much fun to look at the map of where people tune in from and where people visit our website from. Truly, from the depths of Africa to that of China, it looks even like Siberia, Australia, uh, all over South America and certainly North America and Europe. What a pleasure it is to welcome you to our community, to our shows, and to the values that we are committed to bringing forward through a Better World Foundation and through our uh, weekly media platforms. Every Monday at 7 p.m. in New York City, in Manhattan, you can tune in to our cable community cable TV show, and you can also see it through the website at the same time it's simulcast webcast and here this radio show can be listened to of course in archive is the way most people do listen in fact and uh, we just uh, know that that's the case in our fast-paced world but here now I'm going to further slow things down because I really want you to get that there are so many levels of healing. There's so many different also understandings and definitions of healing. So let's just review some of them. And I want to start off this part of today's show with saying how we hold things in mind defines and determines the outcome, if not 100%, a large percent. Because what we hold in mind starts to materialize on one level, subtle as it may be, or another. 
Now, this is just coming to understand the nature, how dare I say, of reality. That what stories we tell ourselves is the story that starts to show up. As Abraham Maslow, the wonderful psychologist, put it in this way, if the only tool you have is a hammer, then you'll tend to see the world as nails. So if we hold in mind that I am unhealthy, well, you will start to see through the law of magnetic attraction those aspects of yourself that are unhealthy. If you say, I am healthy, you'll start to magnetize, attract to yourself those aspects of yourself that are healthy. And they may show up in the subtlest of ways, in the most humorous, by the way, of ways, in the most seemingly invisible or undetectable ways. But they are there because it's an actual cosmic, natural law. This is the way things work. So when I make the determination with my own mind, is the cup half full or is the cup half empty, will begin to show me just what it is, I think, like a mirror. Like the universe is a giant, if you will, cosmic mirror. I am influencing the outcomes all the time. Now, you say, well, I think positive thoughts all the time. It's not just a question of positive thoughts. It's more a question of assertion and declaration from the heart as well as the mind, from the spirit as well as the mind, from passion, if there is some, including the heart and mind, and from the gut, another brain, by the way, and the heart and the mind, and commitment and the brain, heart and mind. <laughs> you got it? It actually does follow some sequence, and all of the, the above actually do work. It's an alignment. It's a coherence. The HeartMath Institute has taught us a lot about this idea of heart coherence, which very much aligns with the idea of hemispheric, that is, in the brain, coherence. Well, what happens when you get both? When you get both, you start getting something that Mr. George Ivanovich Gurdjieff used to talk about, which is three-brained harmony, alignment, oneness, unification. That means all of you is behind something. Or all of me is behind something. And when you get that kind of three-brained harmony, if you will, body, mind, and emotion, you start to become a change agent of a different magnitude. You start to harmonize also your own cellular life in a way that isn't otherwise available. And I love the quote by Werner Erhardt, who said, participation is, uh, I, I'm so sorry, health is a function of participation. Okay. Health as a partic uh, function of participation is to say that to the extent that we participate in life, whether that is 
in the microcosm of the family or our business or our community or our county or our state or our nation or our world slash globe slash planet is secondary to the participation and the commitment to that participation found. Why? Because when we are committed, when we are participating, we become aligned internally. Our mind, our heart, our body gets behind an idea, a principle that's larger than ourselves. And when we do that, our cells actually begin to fire in a different way. Our neurons begin to fire in a new and novel way, and we start creating new neural nets. And when we do that, we're actually getting smarter. We're multiplying our mental activity, truly, our neurological activity. And the geometry of that activity is exponential, or I, rather I should say, it's geometrical. And if we could take a photograph of the inside of the brain when we're having thoughts, when we're having novel thoughts, not simple habituated thoughts, when we are excited about something, when we're engaged in something or by something, when we do feel passionate about something, when we feel strong about something, even an opinion, even a matter of, of ethics, of justice, an issue of social justice, say, we start to fire in a different way. And we also know that those neurons that fire together wire together. Uh, that comes from a Canadian psychologist whose name is escaping me right now. Uh, all of this does affect memory, folks. <laughs> but right now, that name is uh, coming to me. But I do remember, of course, the wonderful, wonderful teacher of mine, Dr. Joseph Dispenza, because he has brought forward a lot of this kind of information, a lot of this kind of learning for us to absorb, imbibe, and ingest. And when we do, we can lead a much more powerful life because we are aligned and we are actually getting smarter and we are attracting the kind of life we want to have. Now, what I started to say is before, our subconscious is acting as well. There is an entire uh, subcortical nature to our thinking process, the part of the iceberg below the water not just the sweet affirmations we may make to ourselves with positive thinking, which are fabulous, by the way, and have a true utility, a true utility in our harmonic energetic balancing program, for instance. We take a person's photograph and we enter it into a profound software program and we enter the affirmations, the declarations of our clients. And in that way, we are bathing somebody in their own language, their own words, and it starts to become cellular. Very powerful process. Very interesting. And those positive affirmations or comments or statements or declarations that we make may still be eclipsed by other 
older ones that are also embedded or entrenched in the consciousness, in the psyche, and literally in the brain. So you understand. There is some complexity to it. But when one reaches in, as Joe Dispenza says so beautifully, into the quantum field where the appearance of chaos reigns, out of which emerges the most magnificent of order, we surrender how it's going to happen. We let that to the um, imagination and intelligence of the universe that has ordered all things anyway, and we surrender our own fixed idea of the way things should be. We, with some power and feeling, uh, ask for what we would like, and then see what shows up. Very interesting, and there have been profound somatic changes that have happened one after the other with people who apply this with discipline, allowing oneself to feel the good feelings of gratitude, of love, of appreciation, of simplicity, of joy, of awe, of beholding the mystery. And then in that higher state, higher frequency, then bathe oneself with the wishes, that's when to make the declaration, the statement of one's desire and in special type of affirmative, life-affirming language. And as a discipline, as a practice, like meditation, things begin to show up. Changes in the body, changes in the attitude, changes in one's love life, changes in one's business life, it just happens. We don't understand how, and if we can relinquish that wish to understand all of the nuts and bolts of the universe, then we may stand a chance to actually enjoy life as it is given, instead of trying to always figure it out. Now, don't get me wrong, I have a, a mind that asks the question why also, and how, and want answers to those questions. But there's a time and a place, folks, and there's a time to inquire, and there's a time to be curious, and there's a time to sort of back off and let the magic happen. Let the song, the cosmic song, be sung and the dance danced. So uh, that's one dimension, or a few dimensions, and domains of healing, bringing forward in the world what we want. Uh, including our own physical health. Most people think about healing as physical healing. Well, that too, folks. God knows when you have a healthy body, so much else unwinds so beautifully. And uh, we're certainly in our own court because to have a healthy body also reflects something of our psychological and emotional state. It means that we care about ourselves. We are showing respect toward ourselves. We are showing and demonstrating a dimension of love for ourselves. You got it? And if we do those things, if we are experiencing those emotions, those high-minded, big-hearted emotions, 
then it's going to have a cellular effect. Like I spoke about Norman Cousins before in the anatomy of an illness and an article I wrote for the Huffington Post you may want to look into on our website somewhere if you click on Huffington Post uh, on the physiology of smiling and laughter. You will see documented in scientific lingo how this works. And contrarily, if you call yourself depressed, then indeed you will start to mimic what we have in mind as depression. We think we know what depression is, but we have no true biochemical basis to it the way you would think we did if you listen to psychiatrists. We don't understand about uh, serotonin and dopamine levels, as an example, or neurotransmitter activity, and how it differs in the person we call depressed, really. Not really, or that we understand some of that, but not how the psychiatric drugs, the antidepressants, counteract those uh, neurotransmitter levels. Uh-uh, it doesn't work. There's no science. It's so interesting. One of the people that is incredibly uh, knowledgeable and articulate about that is my uh, friend and mentor, Gary Knoll, with whom I've been working on and off for many years, and he's done show after show about the bunk that has passed on as science. It's really pseudoscience, even though they are saying about us that uh, the things that in advanced healing we're talking about has no scientific basis. I would beg to differ. And at the end of the day, despite even, despite even that there is scientific basis, there are tests that have shown before and after of a lot of the energy medicine technologies, one of which I'll speak about shortly. One's subjective experience of life is not a whit less important and might be the most important thing of it all. Yes. As Richard Bandler of NLP fame, another one of my teachers used to say, he would speak about the primacy of the subjective. And when we feel good, oh my, life is good. Now, it's also true that in some cases, people may feel good, but some of their organs may be getting rather... Uh, uh, um, um, invaded, if you will, by cancer, or expressing cancer is even a better way of putting it, which is really a verb. Uh, eaten up by, perhaps, is another way of putting it, not so user-friendly. But we have seen those cases over and over again. There's no question about it. So then you ask the question, well, gee, if I can feel good and still be getting, in a sense, devoured by canceling, what does that all mean? You know, uh, Well, that's a really good question, and I think a good one to ask. Um, and uh, certainly objective measures have immense value. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying throw those out. God knows I love them. But all going to die, let's be honest, and whether it's through one thing or another, if we can be feeling good 
at peace, a sense of well-being, centeredness, balance. Even if it is cancer that is eating away at us, we can actually live a pretty decent life. And let's remember that cancer comes and goes. It has been said that we have all had cancer many times in our lives. It's not a big deal biologically to the body. It's a question of difficulty and challenge when the body sort of latches on and maintains and then sustains a cancerous growth that has a certain interesting emotional and symbolic role and function for us by the way, as our teachings of total biology of uh, Dr. Claude Sabah has shown us, of the work of Dr. Hammer and the German New Medicine has taught us, as the work of psychoanalysis and psychosomatics medicine that Dr. Sigmund Freud taught us, Franz Alexander, Dr. Carl Jung, Adler, Wilhelm Reich, and many others, um, uh, George Grodek, there are many, many who understand that precious, delicate relationship between mind and body, emotions and body. They are really of a continuum. We break it down into linguistic packets uh, for convenience, linguistic convenience, but they are indeed on a continuum and are co-influencing and inter-influencing each other constantly. Every thought, as I have said so many times to my clients and to my students, every thought has its own unique biochemical and bioelectrical, and in reality, biophysical profile. Every emotion, same. What does that mean? Just as it says, every thought is either effervescing energy and generating energy or it's desuetude. It's the disappearance of, it's the dissolution of the um, dissipation of energy uh, heading possibly toward entropy. You know, these are the dynamics. So I'm going to circle back around to uh, this idea of energy medicine. And um, we all know that physics is considered the father of all sciences. Everything obeys the laws of physics. Now, the laws of physics are pretty interesting because we've got the classic Newtonian and we have the quantum mechanics. And they are related and they are also radically different and uh, allow for many different types of probabilities. And uh, not to go too far into that, but the laws of chemistry and the laws of biology are based on the laws of physics. And it has to be said that is both Newtonian and quantum. Well, what does that look like? What does quantum biology look like? What is the new biology? I mean, this is pretty interesting. It really makes you wonder. But what I'm going to really look at today in our last minutes here is this idea of scalar waves, which is something that Tesla was credited with naming. And interestingly, it's uh, an expression of life force, which of course has been with us from the beginning of life itself. Uh, so 
No, we did not invent that. The universe did. And uh, however, part of its functionality can be called scalar. And that, that aspect of it can be and has been harnessed. And uh, a colleague of mine, uh, Tom Palladino, has done so in such a creative way with help from above and help from uh, his mentors. And he uh, collected and experimented with for decades, really, to put together uh, a Tesla-oriented uh, kind of scalar wave light technology through which all pathogens can be essentially demolecularized, if you will. I did a whole show on this just last week, a show by the same name. I would strongly recommend that you tune into it. What do I mean? As the universe constructs things, human biology, all of what we call creation, part of that construction is also detrimental. It is destructive. And you could say it's part of the whole constructive, creative, destructive cycle, uh, Shiva, Vishnu, you know. Uh, but also, it can be understood as anti-life in many ways, in that uh, pathogens, germs of different sorts, microbes, uh, prions, um, different uh, molds, yeast, fungi, um, viruses can be utterly detrimental and fatal to the human host. Well, imagine the number of people who die daily across the world from being a host to any of the pathogens I just named. Well, this gentleman with whom I'm currently working and A Better World is really endorsing, is uh, found a way to destabilize, to demolecularize into its component elemental parts those pathogens. And it happens in an instant. It, it happens in a moment. It really is that fast. It takes the body a little time to, in a sense, digest the reality that it no longer has the pathogen in it, and it takes a little time for the body-mind to unwind it because sometimes belief systems get built up around the illness, and an identity will build up around an illness, and just because the basis of the, the physical basis of the illness is gone, it can take some time for that reality to kind of catch up with the rest of us. Sounds funny, doesn't it? You would think that, uh, you know, be gone, and oh, I am so happy. But it's way more complex than that. In fact, psychologically and emotionally, there are secondary gains. Sometimes people are receiving um, government money, for instance, as an example, because of their illness. So if their illness disappears, so does their money. You know, this is an old story, and it's not unreal. It's very real. Uh, the number of commitments people have to actually being ill is something that you have to take a very, very close look at when you do the kind of work that I do with people of counseling and coaching and biofeedback 
we see this phenomenon show up routinely. So there has to be a pulling back the layers of this kind of thing of our storytelling is a large part of our health and it's a large part of our illness. So even if physically we can remove the toxin, we can remove the pathogen, there's the husk, i.e. the rest of us, that still needs to be addressed. But put that aside. Let's just say we have a healthy husk. We are, have a healthy way, healthy nature, healthy and flexible, resilient identity and we really want to be free of the pathogen of the degeneration of the illness in that case this gentleman and this program has a way of simply freeing us in an instant from the pathogen so that's step number one second step is nutrition. Nutrition can be imprinted, if you will, through a photograph, a hologram, which is us. It's our energetic signature and can be imprinted through our photograph into our physical and energy body. And in this case, there are some 275 different uh, nutritional, uh, some nutrients, I'm sorry, of vitamins, minerals, trace minerals, amino acids, essential fatty acids, and others that are helping to maintain good cellular health. Now, the next main area of health, of course, is our emotional life. And for thousands of years, people have been doing one form or another of balancing the subtle body in the ancient Indian Vedic understanding. That's the body of the chakras, the wheels, the nexi of our emotional lives. And the third part of the daily healing is the balancing of the emotions. So, uh, it happens that Tom has offered a better world listeners and viewers and readers, participants, family members, community members of a better world, a special uh, price through signing up at our website, abetterworld.tv, right underneath the photographic carousel, is say a scalar wave healing. And you click there, and it leads you into a way of, you know, like online payment through PayPal and the selection of a a, um, program, which can be for one person or two people or three or four or five, I think even up to seven people, and it just keeps giving a better and better discount. And then there's a way of signing up for longer periods of time and, uh, well, I'm exploring that with uh, with them right now to get even uh, more of a discount. I'm always thinking about and looking out after our flock here. And our flock, by the way, is the world. So I e everyone. You know, I want, uh, this is part of the whole thing. Uh, the more people we have on using the system, 
the easier it is to reduce the price per person. It's sort of like buying in volume. But the crazy thing is, and the wonderful thing is, here you are, it's remote healing. It's through a photograph. You just sign up, you uh, email the photograph to where it says, um, or contact uh, us here at A Better World about it, and we'll give the instructions. It's very easy. And voila, you are put onto the system, and wherever you may be on the face of the planet, if you are traveling and you start drinking water that is not native to your system, and you catch a bug, if it's a microbe, a pathogen that's in the system, you will be protected. And what exactly that looks like, you know, is we have yet to see. Um, but there are literally thousands of testimonials of people with such things as Lyme disease, such as hepatitis, such as herpes, such as any number of different types of viruses uh, that have been healed. HIV, uh, AIDS. Yes, yes, yes. So I want to make a point. And that's, again, entering the, the, the program that we have been suffering from and suffering under, that most illnesses are not curable. Why? Because our doctor told us they can't be cured. The best we can do is maintain your life, maybe with some pain, not very vital, but surely enough to keep your insurance payments coming into paying for the drugs. It's essentially a large drug cartel. Oh, I know that doesn't sound good, but the truth is the truth. Does it mean that there aren't some drugs that are completely life-saving that are produced by even the large pharmaceutical? Of course that's true. There are some extraordinary drugs that play vital roles. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the power of emergency medicine. Western medicine brings so much to the table. But because there's so much money in it, guess what? It brings a lot of dross as well that is masquerading as good medicine and good science and it's neither. And we have to be highly discerning to really get the most out of what is good and let the rest fall off. Thankfully, we have these other approaches, these other modalities, these other alternatives to business as usual that actually don't involve, uh, in some cases, any detoxification at all or any kind of deleterious effects. Interesting. Well, that's what we're seeing here. And we have story upon story upon story of cessation of symptoms. So once you turn the corner, then it is not impossible to heal. You know, they used to use the word cure. Let's just use the word heal as in make whole from a debilitating, otherwise debilitating pathogen, then you are halfway home. As in total biology, uh, we often say that um, healing a cancer or a common cold is actually 
Not different. The only difference is the hard part of it in both cases and the easy part of it in both cases is the resolution of the emotional conflict that underlies both of these respective illnesses. Now, I may be going out a little too far for many of you, but that is the fundamental premise. And that was designed by doctors, understood the relationship of emotions, emotional stress, and emotional conflict, and trauma to physical health, and the body as metaphor, the body's expression of that trauma or conflict. We'll talk and develop more about that another time. But for now, I want to convey that we have essentially nonlinear and somewhat mechanical means of freeing all of us from uh, the pathogenic uh, uh, causes of illness or even correlates to illness. So think of it this way. Think, remember back to a time when people really thought that the earth was flat. They had no other information that it was round. It was only when they got a higher perspective or they used mathematics brilliantly to figure out that we were actually revolving, we're actually moving, and we are a sphere. And that became a revolution. As Thomas Kuhn said in The Structure of Scientific Revolutions, this was one of them. And the other discovery that we are not the center, that the universe is not geocentric, um, nor heliocentric for that matter, uh, it becomes very interesting. And think, think for a moment of that shift in consciousness. Well, that's what I feel we have to do now because we've been so medicalized Western medicalized, not Eastern medicalized, Western medicalized so that for everything there is a pill. You're feeling a touch of anxiety. Well, anxiety is a teacher. Don't take away the anxiety. It's a good thing for a period of time. Listen to the anxiety. Listen to the pain as a teacher, as an instructor, and let it show what it needs to show. We are all in one level of suffering or another, at one time of the day or another. It's just part of the setup. But to think that there should be a pharmaceutical agent for everything and that that there's something wrong with us because we have a spot of pain or some such is a pathological perspective. I'm trying to convey that. This is called human life, ups and downs and ins and outs and suffering and joy and bliss and ecstasy and crying and sadness and grief and feeling alone and feeling aloneness and then feeling connected again. This is all part of the human story. It's not something to be drugged away. There are those cases when drugs, pharmaceutical agents, I prefer to call them, uh, are very useful. Use them. However, advanced thinking, 
highly creative thinking among some, among some of the most brilliant minds of the 20th, 19th and 20th centuries, such as Nikola Tesla, have come up with ways that go beyond biochemistry, yet, of course, inclusive of. But the approach is beyond in its scalar. In many ways, it's photonic. It's based on physics. It's energetic. It's different than the way we have been taught to think. Just go back 100 years, just 100 years, and see yourself explaining to somebody that you have something called a cellular phone, and you're speaking to somebody in New York from Tokyo. What? Across the oceans? How is that possible? And they sound just like they are next door. That person would look at you like you have either flipped out or you are involved in some form of magic or voodoo or something because there's no frame of reference for the idea of traveling through frequencies across space. It's just not there. Well, actually, 100 years ago it was. I'm sorry. I have to go back a little bit. Let's say 200 years, okay? But still, in the array of human history, that's a, a, a grain of sand. So it's just only far-fetched if we want to think of it as far-fetched. And, of course, the question arises, well, if it's true, then how come everybody isn't using it? Um, how come the doctors aren't telling us about it? I, it's hard for me to believe that people could actually come up with that as an argument in this day and age when so much is revealed about the drug cartel and the medical cartel and the wish to lock down profits and control of the FDA and the CDC and the USDA. I mean, you have to be like asleep not to know what's really going on today and why there is a profound lockdown on the higher level of healing modalities. And if you know nothing about it, you can go back to a book by a gentleman named Barry Lines, L-Y-N-E-S, who wrote a book called The Cancer Cure That Worked. And it is the story of Royal Remington Rife, R-I-F-E, University of Chicago virologist who came up with the Rife microscope, who uh, came up with the Rife frequency generator, and was healing cancer, tumors, all manner of disease back in the late 1920s and early 30s, demonstrated it to doctors from leading medical schools across the country. They all celebrated that we had an answer to the world's medical woes until certain political powers began to make their way into the picture. They wormed their way into the picture and they killed the deal. They killed the technology. They scared people off and they brought Rife to court. Come on. No, 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 no. 
You can't tell me that the American Medical Association actually did that. Oh, really? When was the last time you looked at their archives? When was the last time you looked at public uh, um, public uh, records of court cases? Go back to 1932 and 1933. You'll see it. I am giving you but the tip of the iceberg. Dr. Otto uh, Warburg, 1933 again, or 34, won the Nobel Prize for Medicine for the discovery that uh, cancer cannot live in the presence of oxygen. Cannot live. Well, that's interesting. That means if I bring cancer into the presence of oxygen, the cancer will cease to be. Uh, What do you say, Fido? Maybe so. As a result of that, there were a number of oxygen therapies. Now, how much does oxygen cost? Well, it's naturally occurring. Boy, oh boy, how can we patent that? Can we? Can we? Well, if we cannot, how are we going to manufacture and market it, control it? Well, you cannot. It's free. It's available to all sentient life. So, guess what happened to oxygen therapies? Based on Nobel Prize winning research and uh, science. Huh. It basically went belly up in exchange for pharmaceutical products which were based on the uh, oil residues uh, from largely Rockefeller's Standard Oil Company. It's a long story. I'm not going to open that up right now, but uh, it's a, uh, a rather disturbing story. It's a rather disturbing history and narrative. And my point here is to show you all that there are alternatives. They've been around. Many of us have known about these for most of our, in fact, all of our adult lives. I mean, this goes back decades. This is not new, folks. I am one of many, many, many who know. I mean, yes, I have taught at energy medicine conferences, mainly um, in other countries, Costa Rica, Mexico, the Bahamas, you know, because, well, certainly there are many of them here now today. But please, in comparison to the need, it's nothing. But please know, through something as simple as your photograph, and, you know, basically under... $150, a lot of healing can take place using the scalar wave technology a better world is currently embracing. Now, as said, I have been involved in a better world, has been involved in different types of uh, radionics, energy medicine programs, Uh, and work I have done using acupuncture and related healing modalities since the 1980s, the mid-1980s. So that's not yesterday, but, of course, Rife and others go back to the 20s. So I'm Johnny-come-lately. Well, of course, I was born a lot later than that, too. But, uh, you know, I'm just letting you know that... uh, for people like me, 
who have been at this for 15, 30, you know, 35 years or so. Um, there are people who have been at this for 75 years or so. Bruce Copen of England, who manufactures the um, radionics machines no longer, um, he died. I think he died in his mid-90s. So he's been at this since probably the 19s. Do you see what I mean? And getting a scope on this? So once you turn the corner that all things are healable and you really bear that in mind, I am healable. I have things that I've been told are not healable, but they are healable. And my, I may even have the means to do so right here and now, you know. Wow, what an interesting headset. How empowering is that? I will also say that simply by this declaration, there's healing taking place. That's the power of words and language and declaration and commitment. Oh, yeah. Participating in something bigger than yourself. A better world? How's that? Oh, yeah. And sometimes the physical body does get infected. The physical body gets infected. And on that level, it needs to become disinfected. And on that level, the scalar wave healing disassembles that infection, the causative agent of that infection. And it's like that. It's like taking, you know, an aspirin. <laughs> it's like doing an asana, you know. So anyway, just sharing this with you because it's the quickest and easiest. I have people who come to me every week for different levels of healing, emotional conflict, distress, uh, issues with family, at work, with with partners, uh, both business partners and uh, personal, you know, intimate partners. All of that's real with, with their children, um, as well as with physical illnesses. And we deconstruct and look at what is the emotional stressor behind that, or how is it causing more emotional stress? It goes both ways. Um, how to resolve conflict. And I deal with these, and I do use biofeedback, and I use energy balancing to help me out as one part of my holistic program. And now I'm bringing forward another aspect, uh, which is another way to address these issues. And I am uh, offering it to you for those of you who would be interested. And that's really what it comes to. Once you get your mind around it, you'll go, God, why was I being so belligerent? Why was I being so reluctant? Why was I being so defensive? What was I looking to defend anyway? Everything that I was taught on the tube, in television commercials, what was I looking to defend anyway? <laughs> why? Anyway, you start, you start, everything starts to look very silly starts to look silly and that's freeing that's very liberating when that happens you know the word silly is connected etymologically I understand with the word to be divinely happy it's like a form of uh, divine intoxication or drunkenness not on alcohol silly 
<laughs> no, on life, on life. And so I want to just bring that up because it's okay. We're all silly. We're all clown-like sometimes, just the way it is. It's okay. We deserve to have uh, patience with ourselves, with each other, compassion for ourselves, with each other, and my oh my, will we have a better world. Bring in integrity, a little sense of virtue, and a lot of humor, and we have a better world, truly. Out of these elements come cooperation, harmonization, synchronization. Oh boy, we can really do it, folks. We can do it. So, back around to the world context. The world is crazy out there and in here, and it's sad, and it's debilitating, and it's freaky, and it's anxiety-producing, and it can be depressing, and it can be elating. Because when you look at a beautiful child, when you see a smile, when you see the Pope, as I did today, smiling into the eyes and the hearts and souls of Obama's daughters and Obama and Michelle herself, there was a glory that happened. There was a transaction of a high frequency. And if we can bring that level of energy and love into our daily life, we will have a different world. We will live a life of transformation, meaning, and purpose in every moment of our lives. So on that note, I will leave you with the mechanical advanced ideas of energy medicine and healing and the role of vibration and scalar waves as well as our own human enterprise and transactions and dynamics and the way we interact with each other and inside and with ourselves. So on that note, I want to just thank you all for coming out today to a better world. What a great place to come and visit. I love when you do. Remember that we ourselves are recently a recently formed 501c3. We so appreciate donations, large, medium, small. It does not matter. We appreciate any any donation and commitment you can make to us to support our work on the air every week. We have the need for uh, administration, for interns to help with social media and with editing and with camera work. We really have a need. So if it's not money you can bring, but it is your skill set that you can bring to our place here in New York City, please make sure to get in touch with me at mjr at abetterworld.net. My initials, mjr at abetterworld, remember the A, dot net, or call 212-420-0800, and uh, make sure that you uh, also share with us your thoughts and comments about the show and about the shows, and share them with your friends. Send them the link. Join our newsletter. Be part of a better world. I look forward to seeing you all next week. Thanks for joining. This is Mitchell Raven, and I will see you then. Mm-hmm.